365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello, and you're very welcome to episode 31 of Purple Psychology. I'm Maria O'Riordan. Thank you for tuning in in 57 countries all around the world. We are a little delayed on this podcast episode because recently we were contacted by a large smart technology company in America who approached us and said they wanted to sponsor this Purple Psychology podcast. The next thing we know, we're on a call with them and they're sending through contracts and suddenly they've decided not to sponsor any podcast. So this process took a number of weeks and here we are back at square one. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, welcome back. Thank you very much. Isn't it interesting when other people contact you and they say all these great things and none of it materializes? Yeah, they came to us. <laughs> anyway, it's a compliment, I guess. Yeah, so I, I've had some notes stacked up for a while, but I thought we'd start with one podcast. Let's start off with visual stress. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, anybody out there who remotely has dyslexia in their family, um, even if it hasn't if it's skipped a generation, maybe. Um, if it's there at all, at least 60% of the people suffer from this condition and don't realize it, which is a huge percentage of people. It's always a huge percentage of our clients who never realize the fact. And our lives, the way they're set up now, um, school for me was, was torture. Um, I don't go to conferences because I just come out with a blinding headache and I can't cope. And um, even, you know, when people step out of school, they're not sensible enough to set up their work environment to suit them. Um, so we really kind of give people tips to do this. Obviously, I give students tips about setting up schoolwork better. Um, but so I thought I'd concentrate a bit more on the business people who haven't realised that actually they don't need to do things the same as school anymore. What would you suggest for someone who would like to set up their own routine? Yeah, so um, lighting is a big factor. Um, you need to kind of try and step away from fluorescent lighting. And even if there is fluorescent lighting in your workplace, if you can have portions of it turned off, uh, so maybe there's only um, fluorescent lighting in certain sections of a big open plan, um, especially if you are the sort of person who arrives in really early first thing in the morning, which I used to do when I was doing my PhD, and people would be quite bemused to find out that two-thirds of the room wasn't lit. Well, there was nobody else sitting in there, so I didn't need to. And I always came along um, to set up my desk with my own desk lamp in tow. Which, which people find very entertaining. We've done some research in the background on melatonin levels and fluorescent lighting and people starting to exhibit jet lag symptoms. It's, it's really quite profound and I don't think employers or companies or organisations have really copped on to it yet. No, it, it is. It is. And, and some people are more sensitive to it than others. And even like this also affects people. Um, half an hour before bed, you really shouldn't be looking at a screen of any, any variety whatsoever. Um, and some people this affects much better than others but what you're actually doing is training your brain um, to not switch off but I, I think I'm going to do a podcast in a couple of episodes on the addictions to smartphones and that whole side of things so I might leave that till then um, so I always came along with my own desk lamp um, I put a normal filament bulb in it not a halogen bulb and I tried to keep it at a 25 watt bulb um, that's quite low, some people will consider that very low yes but it should be sufficient lighting to work from 
um, if it's pointed and angled directly um, on, onto your workspace. Um, another big one is that if you're setting up your own office at home, try not to use a white desk um, because it creates a huge amount of glare. My desk is red. If you do have a choice of where to sit, try to sit um, with some natural light, either to the side or the back of you, or you know, so that you're actually absorbing some natural light to balance out the other light in the environment. Computers, people don't adjust their computer screens, they don't adjust the light levels, they don't change their fonts, they don't play around with maybe working um, with a black screen with white writing on it. There's a lot of accessibility features and there's a lot of shortcuts. So even if you do need to maybe look at some images which you'll need to look at in the right colors and so on, it can be harder with some of the inversion. Um, one thing I haven't got people to take on board actually who keep changing certain software is that there's a difference between visual stress and blindness. Um, and we all know what company you're talking about that you were in touch with the CEO. <laughs> yes, so it, it is one of the really irritating things for me that in the accessibility features that there's not a shortcut to just invert the text and not invert the images. But there is shortcuts on all devices and all computers. So I have it set up on my phone that if I press the home button three times, it inverts the colours and I can do that and switch backwards and forwards between reading emails. And so people need to get into the habits of doing that. But the company in fairness, then, they did implement and change an awful lot of the official recommendations you sent. Yes, but they just haven't got their head around this one, um, which I wish they would. Um, and I also, while I'm on this topic, I wish they would sort out the backlighting settings on their um, book reader, uh, because I end up using Kindle all the time, because you can dim um, the background lighting as well as the actual lighting of the device. Um, and they need to sort that out because it's far too bright for at night time. I remember my last job as an employee in a radio station and the employers, they were actually fantastic in the open plan. There was fluorescent lighting. There was four very large strips of fluorescent beams through the open plan and they would turn off to Nisha and it was absolutely brilliant for me because I also have chronic to acute migraine and it made a huge difference. They were very, very understanding. Yeah, no, it, it does. It makes a matter of massive difference and people just don't speak up and say what they need. But you, even if you can't get it perfect, you can balance the light situation with your own desk lamp. The thing was, even though the light switches were off 50%, there was still more than enough light in the area. Yeah, but people are, you know, sometimes it's, it's not even the employees themselves that come into the space and turn all the lighting on. Sometimes it's, it's, it's maintenance or cleaning staff who come through the space first thing in the morning, just switch, whack everything on full blast and, you know, go off about their day. And everybody just comes in and sits down and goes, oh, all right, okay. Um, so the other big one for me too is fonts, which we've talked about in the last episode, picking your font. And particularly, um, people tend to use awful fonts on Excel spreadsheets. It comes up as an aerial font, which is exceptionally difficult to read, and people hardly ever change it. Um, we've talked a bit about in the past about not using white paper. Um, the hardest to read off is black on white paper. So try to mix it around in terms of colours of your pens, um, the colours of the sheets you're using. And a big one too is that I create a lot of template documents to work from, and they don't have a white background. Um, a lot of people automatically work on the white templates, where on most um, WordPressing um, packages you can actually set up your own template which makes a massive difference so all of my templates are off-white um, and all the reports I send out are off-white for the same reason so we haven't really got into the habits of setting things up like when you're in school you're expected to use the same pens everybody else you're expected to use the same coffee books you're expected to read off a whiteboard you're expected to do all these things and you don't take control 
um, when you actually leave that environment and work the way you need to work. I wish I could control some of the background noise here today. We are close to an airport, we're on a flight path and we're in a room right now which is cooling servers, so apologies for the background noise. So um, recently I started using Pocket a lot, the app, um, which I really like. Pocket as in P-O-C-K-E-T? Yes, and um, I have it across a number of devices and on my computers. So you know the way I'm always coming across articles that I want to use for the podcast? Well, now I can shovel them all to somewhere and look at them later and find them again. Shovel, is that the technical term? <laughs> yeah, that's the technical <laughs> term. Um, so an article I came across a few weeks ago was the idea of working hours and creativity. And I read a cool book um, a few years ago called Imagine How Creativity Works. This is from Jonah Lehrer, or depending on what side of the world you are, Jonah Lehrer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad you said that, not me. This book is great because it goes into a number of companies who've actually started to realise that their staff can't think and can't create sitting at a desk. And they've gone into creating spaces for them and breakout spaces. Um, and I saw this article, I've seen it a couple of times recently, and it explains why so many of our clients need to be their own boss. Okay, So I'm going to show you two pictures here. Um, so these are the working hours of famous people, right? And you can see that they have a pretty good portion of uh, block of sleep time. They have um, their creativity work is all at different hours. The piece that really stands out to me is that they all take an excessive amount of time off for food and leisure. They all did a lot of exercise, particularly people like uh, Charles Dickens went for huge uh, nighttime strolls. Um, he spent half of his life walking around London in order to get inspiration Obviously, for his work. Obviously, this is audio, so let's put a visual image up on the Facebook page. Yeah, I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick the visuals up on the Facebook page. But what's really interesting is, is that it's quite erratic, but it shows that you do not sit down and work continually from nine to five in order to be creative and to actually produce something. So to see this, facebook.com forward slash purple psychology? Yeah, that's the way okay. I have it set up. And in looking at it, it looks quite erratic because you've got a lot of artists here, writers, musicians, um, composers, you know, there's all sorts of people here. But yet some of the things I see, the trends I see is they all go to bed before midnight. They do sleep in a block of time. Now, there is some people here who I can't remember who they are, but they, I think it was more obvious in another picture. Uh, who was it who went to bed ridiculously early and then works? Oh, this dude. Balzac. Yeah, he went to bed very, very early and actually got up at 1am to start work. Um, so they do all go to bed before 12. Some of them get up again at 1. But um, they all go to bed before 12. They all take exercise. They, none of them skip lunch, Okay. They, they all take a huge portion of time for relaxing, whether that be with food and with other people. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the names here. So there's uh, Freud, there's Maya Angelou, Charles Darwin, Victor Hugo, Charles Dickens, Mozart, Beethoven, Beethoven, sorry, should get my German right, uh, Thomas Mann. Huge variations, but similar trends? Similar trends. And I'm always going on to people like, you don't write a thesis sitting at a computer. You write it in your head while you're doing other things and setting it up. You have to plan out what you're going to read. We've worked with a number of authors at this stage, and I'm always telling them, you need to set up your routine. That might be going to bed reasonably early, getting up very early, doing some writing, going away, getting exercise, walking to a cafe to have a cup of coffee, observing what's going on, coming back and looking at what you wrote that morning and going back over it with fresh eyes you know you need to create these routines for yourself if you want to do this and it's very hard to match creativity and match all of these famous people's routines to our nine to five day and only a very few companies throughout the world have really cotton on to that fact there are some people we've been speaking to recently and they said they would die if they had to work nine to five 
I, I'd certainly die if I had to work nine to five. I would find it very hard to go back. Yeah. And, and, you know, all of these people work much longer hours in the day. Like if you look at their actual work periods, it would extend the standard working hour. Um, and Irish certainly extends the standard working hour and we don't always... By choice. Yeah, and we, and we don't always get to work on Monday to Friday either, you know. Um, so you take your time off in different times to recharge, but you certainly aren't going to fit into the schedule of everybody else. There's another really great app you've come across that you're recommending. Is it called Rules? Yeah, um, particularly for the people who, who find it difficult with visual stress, they will actually be very bad at sequencing. And uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I've got from level five to level nine. Wow. Yes, in, in two weeks. That's huge for you because I'd probably be on level 160. Yeah, there's people on Twitter boasting about being on level 100. It's a very, very simple app. It's won a lot of awards. It's called Rules, the app. It's got a little robot symbol. And I really recommend it um, for building people's sequencing. Is it like I kind of cheat because I have photographic memory? I think you're just good at sequencing. Oh, OK. I didn't know that. Right. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Me getting a compliment on something educational. There's a first. Well, I think that's all I have for this podcast. Um, I'm, I've still got lots of notes for lots, lots of more, more issues. When we move on. Looking forward to it. You can check out the website purplepsychology.com. That is episode 31 of Purple Psychology. Thank you so much for joining us and spreading the word. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, thanks for being here. Thank you. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.